Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Well, hello there. How the bloody hell are ya? Isn't this a wonderful surprise? I never thought I'd see you here. I never thought we'd bump into each other on a Thursday night. Yet here we are. Isn't the universe a wonderful place? Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Tonight's recommended beverage is a New Zealand Pinot Noir from the Marlborough region. Tonight's recommended snack, heavily buttered popcorn. Popcorn? Popcorn. Maybe I started a little too early or maybe the show started a little too late. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll have some fun along the way. Thank you for joining us. Skull! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this, the special Thursday night, the midnight edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again, mixing it up, mixing it up. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for going out of your way to meet me on an off day. You're a tremendous audience. And it's not only an off day, I'm also coming on six hours later than normal. It just just occurred to me when the intro was playing... I remembered I made that intro when I used to start at 11 o'clock for those who were around in the bad old days. Used to start at 11 o'clock at night every night. East Coast time. Pardon me. And so that that intro makes a hell of a lot more sense when your show starts at 11 (laughs) o'clock instead of 6 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) There's grim reapers, there's storms, there's dark imagery and spooky music. And outside, the sun is beaming into the kitchen window as you are peeling carrots and potatoes and your kids are gleefully dancing around the kitchen. (laughs) Doesn't really make much sense. But I'm a very lazy man, so I decided to leave it where it is. And it became the show. It's now part of the tapestry. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute pleasure. Got so much to get through. So much to get through. So much shit to catch up on. I had I have I have stories tonight that were kept from two weeks ago. I was all set two weeks ago to have some fun, have some fun stories lined up, some funny things to talk about, and then Iran happened. I was like, ah. Oh. <sighs> so we 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 wasted a week on Iran. And now this week happened, and now it's the impeachment shit. It's 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 almost as if these politicians don't think of anybody but themselves. You know, some of us have a podcast to do here. Some of us are trying not to get stuck in a rut. At least give us a chance. Probably going to be a little more chill tonight, seeing as it is midnight. Oh, my good friend. Uh, If you're not following Ted Dabrowski on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, my good friend and co-host on the Common Discourse podcast, Ted Dabrowski... Thank you for the diamond, N56. I'll just call you, can I call you N-word for short? <laughs> Thank you, Winning TV. Also, don't forget, follow Winning TV. Uh, Winning TV is our good friend, Phil, Phil D'Angelo. Phil D'Angelo from New York. New York City. Uh, he's doing a new show Tuesdays and Thursdays, tracking the election, the upcoming election, opinion polls. 
talking to candidates, seeing what's what. So I missed it, actually. I need to catch up on that over the weekend. So we're going to have some fun tonight. Got some fun stuff lined up for you. Stuff that I've been holding off for the last two weeks. Why not? Why not come on and do it? Uh, If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, ladies and gentlemen, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to chase me up over something I said two weeks ago, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, then you can do what UK Neil is doing right there. Head over to dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Thank you for coming. I'll I'll see you in hell. DLive.tv slash Boogie Bumper. Grab yourself some sweet, soury lemons and leave those smooth little suckers in my succulent fruit bowl. The other way you can do it is head to the address down below, streamlabs.com slash Boogie Bumper, text-to-speech and media uploads. At your pleasure, sir and ladies. Uh, So much to get through, so much to get through. Where do we even start? Where do we even begin? Uh, Incidentally, incidentally, uh, tonight, I'm going to be pumping up the chest on DLive. So if you're thinking about watching on Periscope or watching on DLive, I've already put a thousand lemons in the chest on DLive. And I'll be putting more lemons in the chest as we go through tonight. Because I thought, you know what? Uh, you guys have been fantastic on DLive over the last couple of weeks, so why not throw a little bit of love back your way? So if you actually want to get paid to watch this show then head to dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. At the end of the show, we'll open up the chest and it's happy days, free shit for all. Oh my God, I love Bernie Sanders now. <laughs> I just, and funnily enough, I just saw my friend Lucifer Sam just subscribed on DLive. My, Bernie, my friend Lucifer Sam who supports Bernie Sanders. What? What? Free shit? Yes. No, he's not actually one of those. Did you see the tweet I put out before? Lucifer's been on fire lately. Lucifer has been on absolute fire and soon he will be lit on fire because he has the audacity as a Democrat to question the authority of the twin vaginas of Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren. Can't stand either of them. Hates both of them. Thinks they're both part of the problem. <laughs> so he goes into these, he goes into threads with other Democrats and I know, I Sam, after what I've been going through over the last couple of weeks, I know them feels, bro. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? The thing that brings a Democrat like Sam and somebody who is most definitely not a Democrat like myself together is the fact that we, for having the audacity to speak our opinion, people who we thought we uh, agreed with us turned on us. <laughs> So, we're, so me and Sam are both standing in the middle here going, I don't know, these people are fucking crazy, man. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. What did you say? Who did you piss off this week? <laughs> I fucking love it. Fuck them. Burn it all. So. So much to get through, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you stick around. Thursday, it's the good old days. Kicking off at midnight. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's do this first. And look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do Trump shit all night, but I, I have to play this. I, I I must play this for you because <coughs> this was absolutely fantastic. I see you in hell. Tom Chatelet, ladies and gentlemen, joining us. We're running out of room on the roll. Uh, Tom Chatelet at Tom Chatelet. If you don't follow Tom, you should. Tom's a great guy as well. Tom was on the Common Discourse podcast when. 
myself and the voice of reason, Adam J and Varun Prasad, the three of us who do the Common Discourse podcast, Tom was on the Common Discourse podcast when we didn't want to do the Tom Common Discourse podcast. Anytime I've asked Tom to come on, it uh, doesn't matter where he is, doesn't matter if he's in an airport putting his baggage into into the baggage claim. You're like, yeah, no worries. I'll jump on the phone, talk to you for five minutes. Not a problem. Tom's a great guy. Follow Tom at Tom Chatelet. <clears throat> Not going to do Trump shit all night. There's enough Trump shit out there. Um, I, I, I personally need a break from Trump shit. I'm the kind of guy that if I do the same topic two days in a row, three days in a row, once it starts getting to four days in a row, my eye starts to twitch. My asshole starts to burn. And I'm like, oh, I just got to get out of this seat. You know what I mean? You know that feel? But <laughs> this this was too good to pass up. Absolutely must share this with you. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll just, I'll just let the president speak for himself on this one. The <laughs> way... Christy, thank you for being here. I didn't know you were going to be here. Thank you. Stand up. We're going to do a big fireworks display, right? Mount Rushmore. We're going over. I think I'm going to try and be there on July 4th. So the governor called. She ran a great race, a tough race. I was a tough competitor you had, right? A big star. And, uh, but she was a bigger star, it turned out, Lindsay. But she said, do you think we can get fireworks back at Mount Rushmore? I said, why? I haven't been there for like for 20 years. I said, why? Uh, environmental reasons. I said, you mean you can't have fireworks because of the environment? Yeah, environmental reasons. I said, what can burn? It's stone. You know, it's stone. It's <laughs> <What the? laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it for two reasons. <laughs> two reasons. Number one is the obvious one, right? And that is this ability that this guy has. This is this is one thing, even if if you're a detractor and if you're not uh, completely on board and all of that stuff, I get that. But the, abil the one ability that this guy has is to, not one, he's probably got more than one, but a, a big ability this guy has is to take like, you know, you could just imagine the argument being put forward for uh, the environmental concerns that he's referring to is probably like pages and pages and pages and pages of shit. You know what I mean? Scientists and fireworks experts were brought in. There were committee hearings. People had to be interviewed. People had to be sent out in little lab coats with their little clipboards. They had to take pictures. They got satellite pictures. You know what I mean? And they've compiled this like report that if you stood on top of it, you would be taller than King Kong. <laughs> so he has this ability to just take all of that and just go, environmental concerns. What the hell what the hell are they talking about, environment? You can't burn stone. <laughs> and just like that. <laughs> just like that, a whole bunch of people go, yeah, hang on a minute. <laughs> Why aren't we doing fireworks over there? The other reason I like it is <laughs> I, I can just imagine the press. Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, what do you think about the articles of impeachment, Mr. Trump? Mr. Trump, what do you think about Nancy Pelosi and the articles of impeachment? Mr. Trump, what are the latest uh, happenings going on in Iran, Mr. Trump? Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, what's happening down on the southern border? What's happening with the wall? What's happening with the fentanyl? Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, what's about the, what about the debt? Like, okay, they're, they're all very valid questions. They're all, okay, they're all, uh, you, sit down, sit down, sit down, please. That's enough. Thank you. 
So they're all very good questions, but let me tell you something. Uh, people can have concerns, but what I'm going to do this for you. We are going to shoot bottle rockets out of Roosevelt's nose on the 4th of July. What do you fucking think of that, huh? <laughs> we're we're going to load up fireworks on the top of Mount Rushmore like we did back in the 80s. Everybody's going to love it. Yes, but Mr. Trump, what about the articles of being shut down? Sit down. Sit down. I'm answering your question. While the, de while the do-nothing Democrats are talking about impeachment, we're going to be sending penny whistles into the face of Thomas Jefferson. That's what we're going to be doing. Don't you want to be there? It's going to be a beautiful fireworks, big, beautiful display. <laughs> what, 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 about the, what about the environmental concerns? You can't burn stone, you ass. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> there you have it. Most powerful man in the world, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's the for me. That's the quote of the week. That this is the moment of the week. That's that sums it all up right there. Last night we spent an hour talking about you know Nancy Pelosi's communication, where she was lacking, and contrasting that with Donald Trump's communication. And I've said this for a long time. I think that the partisanship is too strong. The partisanship is too, it's, it's too ingrained. It's too energetic. It's too vocal for people to actually admit what a master of communication this guy is. It should not be the case. All available evidence and wisdom points to the fact that somebody who speaks the way he does and, you know, breaks up his own sentences halfway through and, you know, goes on the rants that he does should not be an effective communicator. But for whatever reason, he can stand there in a rally and give a speech about getting more water into your toilet and people lose their fucking minds. So I think in like 20 or 30 years, maybe, uh, you know, with the benefit of hindsight and with history healing the wounds of people who write those kinds of books, I think in 20 or 30 years from now, people will say, you know what? He was pretty fucking good at what he did. Like, he was pretty good at the speeches. He was pretty good at the rallies and stuff. And, like, they'll, in 30 years, they'll turn around and say, no wonder, no wonder so many people liked him. The personability, the relatability, his mode of communication. Like I said last night, he, he, he it's like he's talking to you one-on-one -on -one in a bar. That's the way he talks to 20,000 people. Yeah. Environmental concerns? What the hell are you talking about? We're going to be putting firewall. We're going to be putting fireworks on rocks. You can't burn rocks. Get the hell out of my office, President of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> uh, where to go from here? I do have some dark stuff. Tell you what, let's do a dark one first. Let me show you an article that was uh, shared with uh, with me by my good friend Varun Prasad that scared the absolute living shit out of me. It's not even an article; it's a it's a press release. It comes from Sydney criminal lawyers. Have a look at this posting about politicians. The headline asks. The New South Wales Police Force, which is the state I live in, 
The New South Wales Police Force may force you, uh, may have you in their sights. A Blue Mountains man was arrested in August last year over allegations that he'd been harassing the local mayor and a New South Wales Labor MLC. The 37-year-old was charged with a number of offences, including stalking or intimidation with intent to cause fear of physical or mental harm and using a carriage service to menace, harass or cause offence. The charges related to claims that the man had been making false allegations about sexual assault and child abuse, and this decade-long intimidation campaign was carried out via email, social media, text and phone messages. The investigation leading to the the arrest was carried out by detectives from the New South Wales Police Force Fixated Persons Unit. I didn't even know there was such a unit. The Fixated Persons Unit. News to me. And let, let me just stress, at this point, I don't really have a problem with it. If it is as it's being presented, I mean, you can't be threatening to kill people and shit when you call them up at their office. You can't be stalking people, right? We get that. But, you know, as as a concept, something that we've spoken about on this show probably more than any other concept in the 180 episodes of this podcast that we are now up to. Hashtag rocks can't burn. (laughs) Tom in the chat. The concept that we've spoken about probably more than any other is the protection meme. And oftentimes the most insidious, the most sinister forms of control come gift wrapped. Presented to us, the lowly peasants, the uneducated swill as something we absolutely must have. You must have this law. You must have this reform. Don't you want to feel safe? Don't you want to feel protected? Right? Listen to the next bit. The Fixated Persons Unit commenced operations on the 1st of May 2017. New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller referred to the Martin Place shootings when announcing its formation, and he said it would target lone actors who are obsessed with public figures as well as ideologies or beliefs. Now, if uh, my good friend, the voice of reason, Adam J, is still in the chat, I can, I can tell you because I know him very well. We've become friends over, what, like the last five or six years, something like that, Ads? I can tell you that the the use the the police commissioner using that word obsessed is ringing alarm bells for him right now as it is for me because you see this is a charge that is often leveled at people when they are I don't know knowledgeable on a topic <laughs> right see if you if you're knowledgeable on a topic that is particularly inconvenient for somebody else rather than engage with the point that you're making, they'll just accuse you of being obsessed. Like you're you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Stop being so obsessed. To the point of absurdity, where, you know, if somebody robbed you on the street and had a gun in your face, and you would say to your friend, look, help me, somebody's sticking a gun in my mouth. Can you do something about it? It's like, man, you're really obsessed with this mugger. Don't you think you're a little obsessed with this gun? Jeez, man. Relax. It's all you've been talking about for the last 20 minutes. The state's top cop outlined that the unit would focus on non-terrorist suspects who threaten public officials. However, 
The unit also has a focus on proactively locating individuals vulnerable to being involved in this sort of behaviour, quote, before it develops. Can I get a hail red flag laws in the chat? Can I get, hang on, haven't we already talked about this in the chat? When did we do the red flag laws? When was that, like six months ago? Do you remember the arguments we were using against the red flag laws? Oh, what, so we're going to preemptively treat people as criminals just in case they might become one one day down the line at some point? Gee, <laughs> I can't imagine that anybody would have a problem with that. Why? We're only trying to keep you safe, boys and girls. We're trying to protect you. You lowly peasant. That's where the scope of these operations... This is the uh, press release again. That's where the scope of these operations becomes worrying. If detectives aren't responding to reports of threatening behaviour being carried out by fixated persons, then how are they locating those who pose a potential threat? And that that level of like logic just cuts through everything else, doesn't it? It just shatters the entire argument. I'm sorry, where where is the press? Where is the media? We know where the media is. We know where the media is. They're, they're smelling their own farts, trying to jam their own heads up their own assholes at a velocity that would frighten, you know, astronauts re-entering Earth's atmosphere. That's where they are. If we had a responsible press, if we had a, a media that actually did its fucking job, that it's paid to fucking do, then the first question that would have been asked of the police commissioner when he made that statement would have been, excuse me, Mr. Police Commissioner, um, thank you, I'm Boogie Bumper from the Daily Boogie. Um, if you can't catch the people, if you can't catch this guy after 10 years of so-called harassment behaviour, how do you expect to catch him 10 years ago? <laughs> what exactly, in which universe are you operating here? And, and does this not conflict with some kind of thing that we used to talk about? I don't know, innocent until proven guilty. You know, that, you know, that pesky thing that gets in the way of just treating people like criminals before they do stuff wrong, right? Where were these questions? This has been two years in the making. Remember remember after the Christchurch shooting, right? Remember, we did like three or four episodes back to fucking back to fucking back. And I showed you what was happening. In Australia and New Zealand, the government managed, they managed to pass a law in three days. Some laws you can't get passed in 35 years. But when it comes to throwing the CEOs of social media companies in prison, if somebody streams potentially harmful content, we can get that done in an afternoon. We can get that done over lunch. And it's like, okay, shit, I thought for all this time we've been getting told that government's a really slow-moving beast and it's really hard to get stuff done. But it seems like when it suits them... They could just click their finger. They click their heels together like Dorothy 
Next thing you know, they're in fucking, they're back in uh, Kansas. Oh, good. That was easy. I can't believe we wasted a whole two hours of the movie running around with Tin Men and shit. What the, what the fuck were we doing? Could have been back here in the first five minutes. So after the Christchurch shooting, they pass these laws. And I said to you, look, you watch. The way this happens is bureaucrats from this part of the world speak to bureaucrats in other parts of the world. And the G20 was coming up, right? I said, you, you watch. There will be people from Australia and New Zealand and the UK. With They, they, they pass these laws within 48 hours of the shooting to throw CEOs in prison if they allow, quote unquote, potentially harmful content to go onto the internet. Now, the obvious thing is, oh, shit, how do we define harm, right? That's too obvious, it seems. Civil, civil liberties groups here were up in arms. Nobody cared. You know why? Because you've got on one side of the conversation, you've got the knuckle-dragging moronic progressives who just think any kind of censorship must be good and they don't think about it beyond that level. And then on the other side, you've got the knuckle-dragging mindless conservatives who say, we've got to pe keep people safe. We've got to protect people. I mean, we love freedom, but not that much. <laughs> We're not going to let that much freedom. Too much freedom is dangerous. Makes you fucking sick. It makes you fucking sick. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of days I'm sitting there and we're in a group chat. Thank you, Real Person Politics, handing out the subs. So, you know, we've got a group chat, myself, Adam, um, and Varun. And Varun just drops this, drops this fucking, this, this horror show in our group chat. Just casual. Hey, have a look at this. <laughs> I thought, I thought my asshole was going to cramp up from the puckering as I was on my way to work that day. So horror, so tortured was I. Let's get back to it. And that's where the scope of these operations becomes worrying. If detectives aren't responding to reports of threatening behaviour being carried out by fixated persons, then how are they locating those who pose a potential threat? At the time the unit was formed, New South Wales Police said it had up to 50 people on its radar who could potentially be targeted. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, targeted individuals who have not committed a crime. The government, through its arm of the police, is now targeting individuals who have not committed crimes. Thank you for the thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you get this diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamonds from, Gypsy? At the time the unit was formed, New South Wales Police said it had up to 50 people on its radar who could potentially be targeted. And I'm not one of these hate the police kind of guys. Far from it. I, I am starting to turn into one of these I fucking hate the government guys, though. I hope that doesn't just get me on some fucking list now because I have an issue with the police being used to target individual private citizens who have done nothing fucking wrong. Is that where it goes next? And, and, and it's, it's like populations of people, millions of people, 
just blissfully, completely unaware. And if you bring it up, you're obsessed, man. What do you got to be so obsessed about it for? What have you, have you got something to hide? You must be the problem here. They're trying to keep us safe. Don't you get it? They're trying to protect us. Thank you for the diamonds. You're the crazy one if you bring it up. And so <laughs> don't, you know what? Next time somebody, and now people are going to do it because you're all smart asses and I love it. But <laughs> next time somebody says to me, oh, slippery, are you using the slippery slope argument? Fucking oath I am. You're damn right I am. The slippery slope is so slippery, you are now heading at terminal fucking velocity. Because now, if, if it's all okay, if it's all okay for special units of police to specifically target private individuals who have done nothing wrong on the suspicion that they may do something, if that's okay, then what's the next step? Hey, if somebody speaks out about this law, are they now on the list? What if somebody speaks out about the people who support this law? Wow, this sounds like a problematic individual to me. You know, you know, we've got lots of research here that would indicate those who are, you know, offended by totalitarian overreach of this fucking magnitude, we know throughout history those people tend to be a little uppity when it comes to authority. You know, we can't let these demons run around the city telling people to be careful. Look what the government's doing to you. Look how overreach is just being accepted. We can't allow that. Thank you for the diamond, Tom. We can't allow people to question this. Questioning of this policy is only going to lead to more violence. It's going to lead to more, more uh, problems, more trouble. We absolutely must not allow it. So then we so now we need to target all of the people who question the law in the first place. And once those people have been targeted, you're going to have a whole another bunch of people saying, "Hang on, why are you targeting people for questioning laws? Aren't we allowed to question laws anymore?" And the same conversation will happen again. Hey, they're sticking up for people who question the law. They need to be targeted. We need to watch these people. They're potentially dangerous. So yes, I am using the slippery slope argument. That's how this shit happens. You don't go from like freedom loving, free speech, free enterprise, free market, it's right into Maoism. It happens slowly over time. And then one day you'll wake up and it'll be too fucking late. That's how it happens. That's how you lose your country. This, this shit just fucking gets me. And it's not so much that it's it's not a, you know what it is it's not even so much that the government's doing it because I I am so cynical now I expect them to do it I expect them to overreach I expect them to fuck up because I've got no evidence to suggest that they'll do anything but the entirety of our adult lives has been spent sitting on the sidelines witnessing government after government politician after politician fuck up. So again, you're damn right. Do you, oh, what? You don't trust this politician? Fuck no. Fuck no.
You got a long, a long, you got to come from a long way back to rebuild that trust. You don't rebuild that trust in, in three years or one election win. That doesn't happen. No. Fuck no. Not whoring my trust out like that. So you're damn right I don't trust them. Because like I said, the entirety of our adult lives has been sitting back watching shit like this. So I'm not even angry at them. They're just doing what's in their nature. You don't get angry at a fish for swimming. You don't get angry at a lion for eating prey. That's what it's born to do. People in government are born to overreach. It's supposed to be our job to stop them. It's supposed to be our job to go, well, I don't fucking think so, mate. I don't think so. Because we're supposed to know about stuff like this. We're supposed to talk about stuff like this. We're supposed to understand what freedom means. But we don't. We don't care. And then, and then I start getting blackpilled and I start to think, well, do we fucking deserve it now? Maybe we do. And in 20 or, you know, in five or 10 years, when you've got private citizens being locked up for not doing anything wrong, for, for, for committing no crime, but just being on the suspicion that they may do something wrong in the future, then people will start turning around and say, oh, I, I, I don't think this is a good idea. And it's going to be like, where the fuck were you 10 years ago? Because this is the constant cycle that I've been going through for the last fucking 20. Where were you two years ago when we were talking about this? Oh, that's right. You said, Boogie, you're so obsessed with this topic. Why don't you calm down? You're being ridiculous. That's what you said to me. So I'm not angry at the government. But I'm definitely angry at my fellow citizens. Who couldn't give two fucks. That we are now entering into a time and space when private citizens will just be targeted. And, you know, the reason I brought up the, uh, the, the Christchurch thing before with the social media, uh, it, was only, it was only days after that where you, had, where you had the conversation floating around in the United States, land of the free and home of the brave. And you know what they were saying? It was coming out of the White House, ladies and gentlemen. It was coming out of the goddamn White House. Well, you know what? Maybe we should get the intelligence communities to work more closely with social media and so we can uh, identify these individuals before they do something wrong. Maybe that's what we should do. We got to keep people safe. And you know what? I had people back then saying, oh, you're a fuck. You're obsessed with it. You're wrong. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't know. Just the fact that it's being uttered is bad enough. If you allow that shit to just float through, if you allow that shit to float through the conversation because, ah, it's never going to happen, guess what? At some point, it fucking will. If you go day after day thinking, when when new data points arise and says, gee, I don't really know about this. I see a potential for abuse here. I see a potential for abuse of power here. Maybe we should have a conversation about granting this level of power to people who already have all the power. Maybe we should reconsider this. And if we just keep going, oh, it's, nothing's going to happen. What are, you so, what are you so obsessed about it for? Don't be so obsessed. You're, you're, you're weird. Stop being so weird, man. What? Are you on the side of the criminals? If we keep doing shit like that, we are absolutely going to deserve it. We will deserve everything that's coming to us. And the sad part is, just like the people who used to say that I was obsessed when I would talk about 
Six years ago, I was, I was bringing articles to people, physically handing people articles, saying, look at this shit. They are giving five-year-old Swedish boys hormone replacement therapy in order to castrate them when they turn 12. What are you so obsessed about little Swedish boys for? Huh? Look at this fucking guy. I'm like, what, do you think it's just going to end there? Do you think it's just going to like happen in Stockholm and that'll be it? No. Your little comrades are going to go over there and say, that's a fucking great idea. And you're going to bring it here. Oh, it's never going to happen here. We're not like that. We don't do that kind of shit here. Like, fuck. Now you've got now you've got drag queens shaking their testicles in children's faces and we don't do anything. I've got another story later on tonight. They want nude models in preschool. They want, they want primary school students, five-year-olds and six-year-olds, literally painting male penises, physical male penis in the room. And if you hadn't met me five years ago when I was telling you all of this shit, you would have said, this fucking boogie bumper guy, man, he's, he's weird. He's, he's obsessed with it. He's obsessed. It's not, never going to happen here. Yet here we are. And like I said, maybe we fucking deserve it. Who knows? Let me show you this clip. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's, hey, all right, Boogs. Yes, I know, I, I know you. I feel you. I feel you, Ameri bros. I feel you, my American brothers and sisters. And I know what is circulating through your veins right now. The pride, the history, the red, white, and blue. You're saying that's never going to happen here, mate. That's never going to happen here. We've got too much pride and too much power and too many guns. If the government tries to step on our dicks, we will shoot them in the face. We ain't putting up with that stuff. You wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand coming from your little prison island down there how these things work. You might put up with it, but we're certainly not going to. We'll never go that far. Because we're different. I get it. I understand. Thank you for coming. See, see you in hell. Here's a, here's a lovely short little news clip for you from today from NBC, ladies and gentlemen. Let's watch it together, shall we? Just days before thousands of gun rights activists are expected to rally at Virginia State Capitol, the FBI tonight arresting three alleged members of a violent white supremacist group on gun charges. Uh, just, I just want to point activists out Activists are expected to rally at Virginia State Capitol, the FBI tonight arresting three alleged... <laughs> They're not a very good white supremacist group. They've got two blacks in there. Look at that. <laughs> Sorry. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. I'll see you next. <laughs> you had a couple of black guys running around in there. They're shitty Nazis. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Thank you, Winning TV. Alleged members of a violent white supremacist group on violent gun charges. Law enforcement officials say the men had discussed attending the Virginia rally. <laughs> well, we better step in and put a stop to that. The gun rights rally, ladies and gentlemen. The gun rights rally in Virginia. In Virginia, home of the Confederate Revolution. Richmond, fucking Virginia. The capital of the Confederacy. You know, 
we've been monitoring these people for quite some time. And it turns out that these guys who are really into guns wanted to go to this pro-gun rally. Tell you what, why don't you just go scoop them up now? Just to be safe. <laughs> just, day, just days before. Oh, this is, they were planning this. Don't worry, you're wrong. They were planning this for 12 months. They've been watching the guys breaking the law every single day for 12 months, but they just let them hang out there until three days before the gun rally and then decided to pick them up. They were obviously busy with other things. What, don't you trust the FBI, <laughs> Boogie? Why don't you trust the FBI, Boogie? <laughs> <laughs> what, like you didn't trust the FBI three weeks ago? Oh, don't you just, it's so much, we are just being bombarded with manipulation. Constantly. Your psyche is under attack. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay homage to the great Alex Jones, ladies and gentlemen, and do it like this. There's a war on for your mind. Governor Ralph Northam declaring a state of emergency. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. Now, Ralph Northam's a good guy, right? Ralph Northam's a good guy. Ralph Northam would never motivate the local FBI to uh, do his bidding due to some kind of political uh, angle. He would never do that. He's a great guy. The law and order guy. We love Ralph Northam, don't we? Huh? There's nothing wrong with this. <laughs> Yesterday, after learning armed militias and hate groups planned Hate groups, hate groups, ladies and gentlemen. The right to free assembly? Fuck no. Not for you. Thank you, UK Neil. Ted Dabrowski and myself have a bit of experience. Not to that level. Not to, like, armed militias and stuff. But our local football team, and by football I mean soccer, and I call it football because you use your feet to play it. I mean, if you call football football, but you pick the ball up with your hands, for me, to, in, in, as far as I'm concerned, you're fucking retarded. <laughs> what are we playing? Football. What do we what do we use to play football? Our hands. Okay, you're very special. Now go sit in the corner. Somebody somebody knit his mittens to his jacket so he doesn't lose them, please. Our special little boy is going to go play football with his hands. It's okay. Just leave him alone. He's having fun. So, side Sidetrack. It is late, isn't it? So we had this situation, what, five years ago? Um, you know, uh, people were like ripping flares in the stands and stuff, having a great fucking time, mind you. Great fucking time. Those were the days, man. Energetic, loud, intimidating crowd. Best in the league. In the in the first season, we were in the league. We were the best in the league. And I say that with all the bias, but all the objectivity. And nobody, nobody fucking complained. Everybody knew. Nobody fucked it up from with like you know what I mean. Nobody went too far. We all understood the deal. We got it. If you come into this stand, this is the way it is. It only took 18 months. One of the last games I went to, I was walking into the stadium. I had three policemen take my picture before I even got to the stadium. And as I'm walking in the stadium, another camera, a pat down and a metal detector. 
We're lining up out the front of the stadium for 45 minutes trying to get in. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is going on? And you know what you know what everybody else does? You know what the rest of the, the media class do, the rest of the people in the rest of the oh well, we gotta we gotta keep people safe. Gotta keep people protected. This is what we must do. Oh look at me. I'm on the drug. I'm on the drug. I'm on the drug. playing a bit of tism. Thank you. Thank you for the donation, Kimmy. Good old tism. They were something back in the day, man. Fantastic. Thank you for the donation, Kimmy. Bit of tism, huh? Well done. Streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. If you want to um, severely sidetrack the show, which is getting sidetracked by my own, uh, you know, rambling, rabbit holy, autistic, Swiss cheese-like brain as it is. So we're getting pat-downs. We're getting metal detectors. You've got you've got guys in bullet you've got guys in bulletproof vests grabbing you on the dick, okay? To go to a football game. A football game where like the the exact same people are walking in, the exact same people are walking in. But it's wrong. It's it's something's different now. We need to protect everybody else now. Everybody outside of the stand needs to be protected from the people in it. Just like that. And there were a few of us who were saying, can't open the door. Do not open the door. Do not let them do this because it's not going to stop. You realize that, right? Once you open the door to this, it will continue. And you're going to fucking regret it. No, don't be silly. You don't know what you're talking about. We're protecting people. We keep people safe. You don't get it. You don't understand. Two years later, the same people. Two years on the dot, just about. You know, it's just not as fun anymore. I, I, I don't really enjoy it like I used to. Something's different, you know. I don't. I can't put my finger on what changed, but something changed along the way, and now, you know, I just don't feel the same anymore. And the few of us who were trying to, uh, you know, metaphysically batter this uh, wisdom into the empty skulls of those who would just call us obsessed and uh, troublemakers, well, at that point, we all looked at each other and said, you know, what do you do? Shit in your hands and clap at this point. There's nothing else going on. That's how these things happen. The reason I'm telling you this story is because that's how these things happen. It always starts with a little push here and a little push there, here a push, there a push, everywhere a push, push. And it always is wrapped in some kind of protective layer. Hey, somebody's getting protected here. Somebody's getting saved. We're saving lives. Aren't you on the side of saving lives? Won't somebody please think of the children? (laughs) Armed militias, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Sebastian. And this is the essence of the protection meme. This is what it all boils down to. I would have thought with my rudimentary, or granted, my rudimentary understanding of the American Constitution that armed militias probably have more right to be there than the fucking feds. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? 
don't armed militias have more right to convene and be part of a group than the fucking FBI does, according to the Constitution? Is that a fair thing to say? Doesn't it pretty much like say, hey, we need armed militias in the Constitution, does it not? I'm flipping through the Constitution. I don't see anybody, I don't see James Comey mentioned. I don't see Christopher Ray's name pop up in there. J. Edgar Hoover. FBI, I can't find that in there. Where the fuck's that? I see armed militias. Where's the FBI? Oh, no, don't worry about that. The FBI is just going to prevent the armed militias. Oh, re- really? Yeah, because we, we're defending the Constitution. <laughs> Fucking have at it, mate. To join the protest. We have received credible intelligence from our law enforcement agencies that there are groups with malicious plans for the rally that is planned. The Monday rally planned in protest of proposals for tougher gun laws. Northam says... And you know what? And (laughs) at risk of being called a fucking terrorist once again, I will just say this is my problem with this preemptive stuff. For all of the times that it's justified, the precedence creates an opportunity for unjustified. And maybe these, maybe these guys were going to do something, right? Maybe they were. And then the slippery slope starts. And then you have the New South Wales Police Commissioner saying, you know what, maybe we should just arrest people because maybe they'll do something. And when people come out and defend the people who have been arrested because maybe they'll do something, maybe we need to arrest them too. Because they sound like troublemakers to me. They sound like dissidents to me. They've got some kind of authority. They've got some kind of reflex, uh, you know, reaction to authority. They don't sound like productive members of society. Why don't they trust us? They should trust us. We'll make them trust us. You know, I'm... (laughs) I had a, a, a great uh, follower who's been following the show for a couple of years, Original Revolution. Probably a lot of you probably know him. I was, you know, chatting on Twitter the other day. It's like last week, and it's like I, I'm saying, I'm saying, like I, I'm pretty much given up now at this point. I'm pretty much fucked. I'm done. We may have bought ourselves a few years. We may have bought ourselves a few years before the inevitable. And that might be that might be all we that might be good enough. That might be better than what it was gonna be. Maybe that's the best we can hope for. But you know, the the state of perpetual positivity that uh we're all living in right now is not going to last forever. And for every uh swamp you remove, another swamp is waiting in the wings to take its place. Arguably those who seek power for nefarious reasons. Arguably, how do we know? Maybe a whole bunch of them ain't going anywhere and they're just waiting it out. Waiting it out. Because they know at some point down the line, the politics will change. People will decide, we don't want to go in this direction anymore. Let's go in the completely opposite direction, like we always do because we're fucking morons. We chase this, the shiny thing that's flashed in front of our eyes and we go running off down the road after it. 
And so we'll tack and we'll change and we'll decide, no, we don't, we don't like this direction anymore. Let's go the other direction. Fuck it. Why not? It's time for change. Politicians run on. <laughs> Politicians in the last 20, we have become so dense and so stupid and so shallow. We will vote for a politician because they say their argument is it's time for a change. That's it. <laughs> what do you mean it's time for a change? Well, the other guys have been in long enough. Now it's time for something different. But everything seems to be going pretty okay. But don't you think it's time for change? Don't you think the other guy is due? <laughs> That's what we'll do. We'll do it again. Because people are fucking idiots. It's only a matter of time. Don't sell me this bullshit. Oh, it's going to be different forever now. The only thing that's different forever is how we think. And, you know, maybe I'm too, maybe I'm the asshole here. Maybe I'm too cynical. Maybe I'm not looking at this all wrong. But you know what? Like I said, my, the entirety of my adult life has been spent witnessing government after government, politician after politician, fuck the citizenry in the ass with anger. So we're coming from a long way back, a long way back. And I don't care if I'm the only one left standing on this island putting my hand up. I don't care. I'm not going to make it easy for them because that's our job. That's our job. It's not supposed to be easy. We're not supposed to trust them. Distrust of the government is your, it's not your right, it's your fucking responsibility. That's why the, that's why your whole, if you're in the United States, that's why your whole system was built on not trusting the government. That's why the constitution was written to restrict what government can do instead of granting government power. Because it's your job not to trust them. It's your job to keep them in line. It's our job as citizens. If we, if we just had to roll up and trust every politician that said fucking whispered sweet things into our ears about protecting us and making us safe, if that's all we had to do, then we wouldn't even have to have fucking elections in the first place. No need. Oh, look at me. I'm rambling again. Thank you, Tom. I can disrupt the show. The power is coursing through my veins. The power. Tom's feeling the power. It's the power. Thank you, Tom Chatelet. Very generous donation on the Streamlabs. It is your job not to trust the government. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Otherwise, otherwise, in two years from now, in some of these jurisdictions, look at what's happening in Virginia. Look at what's happening in Virginia. Come on now. People of Virginia, wake the fuck up. If we don't do our job, then two years from now, you'll be reading something like I read before that's what's, what's happening in my state down here in Australia where whole police teams are now, you know, convened to identify problematic individuals. 
Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. And the, the problem will be, what is the problem? Because it doesn't, it doesn't take too much imagination to, uh, you know, envisage a future where being too pro-freedom will be a problem. That's the problem. Man, we used to talk about we used. I know uh, it's 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 a late night show. Fuck it, I'm gonna go right off track. You know, myself and a couple of friends, we used to talk about this in theory. Like we used to we used to work through this stuff years and years ago, right? Just for fun. We would have we would have these conversations. I I wish you could be. I wish you could have been there to hear it. Where we they would say. One day they're going to turn the pro-freedom people into the terrorists because the pro-freedom people aren't willing to go along with authority, right? You will become the terrorists. The patriots will become the terrorists in the perception, in the, in the cognitive environment of the masses. What they're not willing to, but they're not willing to go along with the police state. They must be some kind of terrorist. They're not willing to go along with what the authority says. That sounds like a terrorist to me. We are so close there. We are so close to that right now. And and sometimes they just give us like they give us little treats and little trinkets to help it. They encourage us to go along with the story when it suits us. They say, yeah, they just throw us out a little, they just throw out a little bone and we chase it with our tails up. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can accept this much tyranny, but that's it. That's all I'm going with. <laughs> and then, you know, five years, five years later, we turn around and we go, how the hell did this happen? Oh, that's right. We supported it. That's why. That's why it happened. We thought it was a good fucking idea. That's why it happened. Fucking nobody was talking about uh, Section 215 of the Patriot Act being extended for another three months, three weeks ago. Nobody. And, you know, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody else. I get caught up in the news cycle too. I'm not fucking special. I got caught up in the news cycle too. I, th I didn't mention uh, Section 215 until it was already done. I put it out on Twitter and I had people saying, what's this? I say, oh, this is the part of the Patriot Act that makes it not illegal for the government to collect all of your data and your phone records and know where you are at all times and who you're speaking to. That's what Section 215 is. It was, it was due to expire at the end of 2019. But the Democrats and the Republicans in both the House and the Senate got together and said, we can't allow this to happen. So they passed an extension and they put it on Donald Trump's desk and he signed it. He signed it. It's usually at that point when people start making excuses for me, making excuses for him. Well, surely he mustn't have known. Surely he doesn't know the details. Surely he knows more than what we know. Hey, he probably knows more than what we know, but I can only go off what I know. And what I know is he fucking signed it. And I don't care what the other reasons are. My point of contention is the signing of it. I don't care. I don't care what your reasons are, because some somebody has to be left here on this island saying, "Whoa, everybody, come back, come back, come back." 
Remember who we were? Remember what we are? Remember what we stand for? Remember what we're supposed to be? Come back. Don't trust them. Don't trust them to take your freedoms away. Come back. I don't care if everybody turns around and tells me to go fuck myself. I'm going to keep doing it because I have to. Compelled to do it. Let's have a look at this. I, I must show you. Okay, that's enough depressing stuff now. Do you want to have some fun? Let's have some fun, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's time for a little fun on this late night edition of the Daily Bill. I'm sorry. When I get on these rants, when it comes to, when it comes to matters of freedom, I'm, I'm seldom stoppable. Right. Thank you for the donations, guys. You're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast otherwise known as a uh, person of interest. <coughs> Pardon me. Pardon me. So let's have a little bit of fun here. Um, because if, the, you know, we can we can jump from topic to topic. On this show, we're a little bit uh, manic depressive, okay? We're a little bit, you know, high. We're, we're a little bit emotional on this show from time to time. So I, now I want to give you a feel-good story. And art is important. You know, I'm a lover of the arts. I'm a supporter of the arts. Big fan of the arts. Love the arts. Can't get enough art. Fill me up with all the art you got. Fill the truck. Let's go. I'll take the lot. So I'm a big fan of the arts. So you can imagine how pleased I was when this story came out. <laughs> You're going to fucking love this. Trust me. You are going to love this. Remember last night... When we were hitting the uh, conservative mummy bloggers for trying to protest against Burger King because somebody said damn on TV. The horror. The blood-curdling cries of a mummy blogger on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, that her dear little Jimmy or her dear little Sally may hear the word, the utterance damn for on a Burger King commercial. And we need to we need to rally the troops. <laughs> That's that's the other thing that's so absurd about this. There are so many causes. You chose the Whopper. Not figuratively, literally. You literally chose the Whopper as your fucking hill to die on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, America, could you be any more stereotypical? The Patriot Act screwing you. Debt's going through the roof. You're, you're condemning future generations to a lifetime of wage slavery, and we're going to we're going to war over what they put on our hamburgers. It's like, come on, man, stop making it so easy. <laughs> the mummy fucking bloggers. So, <laughs> so this is what's happening in Britain. Let's go across the pond. Thank you, Winning TV. Much appreciated. Thank you for the donations, guys. Streamlabs.com slash Boogie Bumper or DLive.tv slash Boogie Bumper. Leave some sweet, soury, suckery, little, smooth little lemons in my fruit bowl. Furious GMB, which is Good Morning Britain fans, convinced they can see naked male models chopper, a.k.a. penis, as their kids get ready for school. Now, the, the, the irony of this is that's the least of your problems that you could see this guy's dick on TV because what they're actually advocating for is far more horrifying. 
<laughs> People are getting upset that they caught a, a glimpse, like an image, like a brush. They caught the essence of penis on television while their kids were getting ready for school. Don't worry. 12 months from now, there will be male, male models in school just sitting there with their penis out in front of your children. So don't panic. This is nothing. <laughs> Let's have a look at this. We're joined by author Flo Perry, who says it's a great way of showcasing a variety of bodies. And also journalist and broadcaster Mariella Frostrup, who says it's not the answer to making kids more positive about their bodies. So do, do, I have to, do I have to point it out? James, if, if James is still in the chat on DLive, James will back this up because this is, again, this is one of those things that we keep going, we keep circling back to on trust and verify the false argument, right? They want us arguing over the false thing and not the real argument. Take us away from the real argument. This is why I said to, you know, whenever it was, um, don't get involved in the, uh, the gun. What the, the God, my mind's failing me because it's so late. Um, hmm. Gun control, right? It's not the gun control debate. It's not the gun control debate. If you name a, a debate the gun control debate, you're only debating what level of control, right? The real debate is the Second Amendment. That's the real debate because they're arguing about changing the Second Amendment. But they call it the gun control debate because you're already accepting it. You've already lost because the premise is control. Okay? Control versus chaos. That's the way they want it to be presented. That's why they name things. They're very smart people. Uh, I was watching um, Dick Masterson on Revenge of the Sis a while ago. Uh, he's a comedian in Los Angeles, and he made this great fucking point. I wish I had have thought of it. He said, it really annoys me when people say the left can't meme. He goes, no, no, the left the left can meme. The, the, me the left memes turn into fucking policy. They turn into law. Oh, the gun control meme? Yeah, that's what they do. The left's memes turn into fucking law of the land. So they can meme all right. They meme a whole fucking society into believing nonsense. They memed, they memed uh, you know, men wrestling with women in high school wrestling matches. They've memed uh, the destruction of gender sports. They've memed the end of the public toilet. Yeah, they can meme all right. <laughs> they, know, they really know how to meme. We do little songs on Twitter. We put little songs of little Trump dancing around. They're figuring out how to meme the guns out of your hand. <laughs> so the false argument is they, they are they put look at the, look at this guy. Look at this. I'll show you. Again. We're joined by all There he is. Old man with old balls sitting Stark naked on the in the in the television studio, and what they want to do is put this old guy with his old balls and his old penis in front of a whole bunch of seven-year-old kids and say, "Draw it, take a good look at the guy's genitals, and put the put it on the page in front of you." We want you to stare at an old naked man for an hour a day. That's the argument. But look at the false debate that they present. 
Is art a good thing for children to learn? Or will this not be helpful in helping children accept their own bodies? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's not the debate. The debate is this old guy waving his dick in front of children. That's the debate. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's about can nude art teach children to be more accepting of their form and more accepting of their bodies? That's what it's about. Helping the, We're helping the children. Won't somebody please think of the children? They need to see adult male penis for an hour a day, ladies and gentlemen. You see what this, you see what's happening here? Author Flo Perry, who says, it's a great I way can't wait. of I can't wait for this. a variety of bodies. And also journalist a variety of bodies. Fostrup, who says it's not the answer to making kids more positive about their bodies. So what are the plus points then? I think it's, it's a classical art form. And mm. I think that we should be open for our kids experiencing stuff that they wouldn't get the chance to experience otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> That's it. Good night. I, I, I agree. I agree. So on Monday, we'll have drawing the old man's penis class, uh, little Jimmy and little Timmy. I don't want to look at a penis. Too bad. You need to experience things you haven't experienced. And then on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tuesday, boys and girls, Bring your own needle because it's heroin day. Yay! On Wednesday, on Wednesday, we're going to have uh, rabid alcoholic and depression day. On Thursday, we're going to have suicide day. And then on Friday, we're going to say, uh, we're going to have, I've ruined my life and the life of my parents' day. You should experience all of these things while you're five years old, I think. So, sounds like a great idea to me. And I think it would be, be a great opportunity for school kids to, like, enjoy this classic art form. These are the people who are making the rules for us, by the way. These are the people who are deciding policy now. Who the fuck is this person? Who the fuck are you? I, I think it will be a tremendous idea for all of the children in the country to stare at a penis in their face and be asked to be made to draw it. Be a tremendous, great idea. And there's always this supplanting, isn't there, of like the public education system versus the parents. Any, any, any opportunity they have to get a nice big crowbar in between the parents and the children, they will take. Because unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think that this young lady is probably smart enough to know the ins and outs of her own doctrine. But I, I know it. I know it. She thinks it's for art. The reality is it's about putting wedges between children because the children don't belong to the parents, they belong to the state. It has been written about in Marxist and communist and socialist doctrines for over a hundred years. She probably thinks socialism is trans liberation and waving a rainbow flag and protecting the trees. Because that's what a lot of modern, uh, you know, hard lefty kind of people in the West believe. Because they, they treat ideology like a hungry dog lapping up slop. <laughs> Whatever's fed to them, they'll eat it. They don't care. Tastes good. I'm having it. Don't know, don't know the underpinnings of the very ideology that they purport to represent. Oh, no, this is about art. 
It's about, this is about teaching children about a historical art form. No, again, you're putting a naked man in front of five-year-olds and then telling them that they must stare at the naked man and draw what they see. That's what's happening. Here's an idea. You want to teach children about art and ancient art? Hand them a textbook. <laughs> you can hand them a textbook until they're old enough to seek out their own form of artistic satisfaction, I would have thought. Can't we make can't we make a you know a Michelangelo's David for children and just put it on the desk in front of them? Do we really have to bring a real human being in and take his pants off? How is that helping? How is this how is this enriching their life? Well, I guess, I guess you just don't appreciate art then. <laughs> is there no? I don't think anyone. These these people are off the hook. They're unhinged, and these are the people who are making decisions for your kids. For your children. Again, I'm fucking, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Mm. I would have these conversations years ago <laughs> with people. And they would say, oh, no, the, the parents, it's up to the parents. And I'm like, when do the parents see the, 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 the parent, the kids are in the school a lot longer than they're with the parents. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, so what? The, the parent gets up in the morning, maybe has an hour with the child, if they're lucky. If they're lucky. Whilst the parent is running around trying to get ready for work, trying to get the kid ready for uh, school, trying to make breakfast, got to make the bus on time, can't be late for work. They probably say 20 words to each other. And then the kid is in school for six hours. <sighs> can't leave. They'll put bars around the school to stop the children from leaving. They will lock the children in the classrooms to stop them from leaving. And at the end of the day, the kid comes home. You're not home yet because you're still at work. You get home at like five or six at night. And the kid, you, you probably get together for dinner, you see each other for about half an hour. The kid goes to the room, you go to the lounge room, you pour a glass of wine and you do it all over again. Parents haven't got a fucking chance. You have not got a fucking hope in hell. You can't compete with six hours a day. There aren't enough hours in the day. And then I would say this to people and they'd say, well, they've just got to try harder. I'm like, okay, look where we are now. People, they, they literally have a nude man on television saying, this is what we want to give to your children. This is what we want to present to your kids. This is good for them. They need this. They need this. Think of all the body shaming. What, we need some body positivity in our lives, don't we? What, a, what better way to celebrate body positivity than by getting an old guy fucking with his dick hanging out in the classroom? Very positive. I argue that having kids, the, giving kids the opportunity to draw and learn how to draw a human body is, is, is uh, a look good at, thing. Look and at this. Thing. Do they have to be naked, though? Do they have to have... <laughs> <laughs> Just, look, I, I'm all in favour of children. Wrong. Wrong answer. I'm all in favour of children uh, learning about body positivity, but does the man have to be naked, though? <laughs> <laughs> 
Gee, way to stand on principle, mate. Look, babe, can we just get him in a little disposable G-string, perhaps? Can we do that? You know, does he have to have his penis showing? Yes, he does. <laughs> it's not going to be the same unless he's waving his dick around in the air. Don't you get it? What are you against art? Have their bits out. I think why give why give school children like a kind of like half version of the real thing? Wow. Oh, I don't know. Possibly because they're children. Because they're fucking children, you dumb cunt. You despicable, disgusting, cement-headed cunt. You don't give children the whole thing because they're fucking children. Jesus. Here's an idea. Why don't we just have the children march off into the coal mines again? Why, why protect them? Why protect them at all? Why shield them from half of the truth? Why not kick them out of the house when they turn five? Go get a job. Go get a fucking job. You want to stay in this house? You better earn your keep. Why, why, keep, why, why only show them half of life? Huh? Let's lower the drinking age to five, the smoking age to five, and the age of consent to five, because why should, why should we protect them? Why should we only give them half of the story? Surely the responsible thing to do is the irresponsible thing to do. Surely the responsible thing to do with five-year-old children is to present naked men in front of them. That's what we should do. Strange men. <laughs> Strange. Like if you, if you thought that fucking story, drag time story hour was as bad as it's going to get, guess again. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond. Very generous. If you thought that drag time story hour was as bad as it's going to get, guess again. That was just that was just the entree. That was just the pre-match. That was that was the warm-up act. Next thing you know, there's going to be literally naked men just strutting in there. Pick up your crayons, boys and girls. <laughs> We're learning about art. <laughs> I, I can't believe I can't be, I, see I didn't watch again I did I should have pre-watched this clip in in the three years I've been on Periscope and the 180 podcasts that I've done I don't think I've ever been as angry as I was you know 30 seconds ago or a minute ago so I, apologies apologies in the audience because that's that's very unlike that that's probably that that um that shard that's that brain slitting shard of pure rage. You know, I, I often joke around that I'm completely uh, incapable of human emotions except for fleeting moments of white hot rage. That was one of them. When this woman said, uh, "Why?" When asked, should when asked, does does the model really have to be naked when we present it to our five and six year olds? Says in response, why should we why should we protect them 
why should we only give them half of the story? Why shouldn't they get the full experience? Why, why are children children? You dumb bitch. Wow. I'm a fucking, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Ben K. Veritas in the chat. Hey, Boogie said we were going to have fun. The fuck is this? <laughs> what is he doing here? This isn't fun at all. Surely they should get just as, you know, just as good experience as anyone else who wants to learn to draw. Who wants to learn to draw? I, I, I drew. I drew when I was a kid. I designed a uh, comic strip for the school bulletin when I was like 10 years old. I had a running series in a school bulletin. Original characters, original stories. I did that when I was 10. Uh, you know what they were? Uh, I called them the nobodies. So they were just arms and legs and heads with nobody. Very clever, I know. And it was three dudes, and two dudes used to always pick on the one dude. But the one dude, because he was smart, used to always... He wasn't smart. He was dumb, right? But he would do things like put a helmet on before he uh, went and rode his skateboard down the road. And the other two dudes would make fun of him and laugh at him and say, look at this fucking idiot. And then at the, by the end of the comic, they're in hospital, and he's still walking around going, oh, I'll come and visit you in hospital. I'll come and bring you some chocolates. You know what I mean? So they're like, let's put this in the school bulletin. Why not? If it's not this, it's only people trying to sell washing baskets or whatever the fuck they used to put in those ridiculous bulletins. Talk about, <laughs> could you imagine a school bulletin now? It'd be like, well, next Tuesday, uh, Phil Davis is coming down to show his penis to your child. It should be fun. <laughs> so that's, that's, where, that's where I cut my teeth learning to draw was drawing comic strips. Now, because we're so much more enlightened, we're so much more, we've, we've progressed so much further than those dark old days. I mean, it was basically the dark ages. What? A child? A child had to use their own imagination to come up with their own story and their own characters in order to learn how to draw? My God, how awful. How awful. What a terrible time that must have been. Children using their own imagination to be creative. We're so much more intelligent now. We're so much smarter now. Now we just walk old men in, get them to disrobe and tell the children to trace around the testicles. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't think Flo and I are going to disagree, you know, enormously vehemently this morning, I'm afraid. Uh, but I, I do think that... Um, the best bit of advice I was given. <laughs> I almost skipped over that. I've become so cynic. I've become so used to this garbage now. I almost skipped over that very point. The point that we made right in the beginning of the show. It's a false argument. So apparently these two, these two strumpets are here. Apparently these two slappers are here sitting in front of a naked man. And they're apparently having a debate on the virtues or otherwise of having naked men presented to six-year-olds and, and the six-year-olds being expected to study them and draw them. That's apparently the debate. And this one says some of the most heinous shit that I've ever heard in my life. So why, should we, why should we protect the children from naked people? Why should we do that? 
It's only half of the experience. They should they should have the whole pe- penis real life in their face when they're five years old. What's wrong with that? And then the and then the, and then the chick sitting next to her says, "Well, you know what? We're probably not going to disagree on much." Hang on, I thought this was a debate. Can someone be brought in with the real position? <laughs> Can somebody be brought in with the actual position that's being debated here? I'll I'll take the call if you want. I can't promise that I won't call this thing a cunt on air, but hey, if that's if the the the, the amazing irony of it is here, if I was sitting on this lounge next next to this woman and I called her a crazy bitch, I would get walked off the set, but the naked man would remain. <laughs> this is breakfast morning television. There would be editorials written. You can't say bitch. That's incredibly offensive to females. How dare you? We had to get rid of this guy. He called somebody a bitch on television. We can't have the word bitch on television. You can't say bitch. It's terrible. It's misogyny. It's perpetuating male violence. And as I'm getting dragged away by the security on the set, I would be getting dragged past the naked man sitting in full view. The naked man who they are arguing needs to be presented to your five-year-olds, and you know, and you know the the, the worst part about it is, at least fifty percent of the population would not have a single problem with that whatsoever. Get rid of the guy who said a mean word. Keep the guy who wants to put his penis in your child's face. We're we're fucked. We are completely fucked. <laughs> I don't think Flo. By the way, we are one minute into an eight minute cliff. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not going to play eight minutes. We'll be here all night. Oh, and I are going to disagree, you know, enormously vehemently this morning, I'm afraid. Uh, but I, I do think that. Um, the best bit of advice I was given about uh, child rearing was that when they ask you a question, answer it, but don't tell them anything more than they've asked you. And I, I've had the experience of doing the opposite mm. on a number of occasions and my kids going, ugh! And I do think that, you know, with primary school kids, uh, one of the things as a parent... I, I am amazed. I, you know what? Hats off to her. I'm amazed that she's being so goddamn civil. <laughs> I'm amazed. And I, I don't like it when people lose their shit on TV and start screaming. Because for me, a lot of it's theatre, right? I, I tune out. I am amazed that this woman is as calm as she is. Because I couldn't be. After she said, oh, why, why should we protect the kids from uh, adult penises? Like, what's your problem? What are you, some kind of bigot? I, I wouldn't be cool like that. No. Thank you, Angel Sose. I'd probably want to protect them from is naked strangers. And a thing that's always stuck out to me, right? For the longest time, here's another argument for you that we're not, we're not, we never have anymore. And I'm yet to hear a compelling reason why I'm wrong. I'm yet to, I'm yet to be satisfied that I'm missing something here. Uh, here's my argument. Why do we have sex education in school at all? I don't want to argue about the level of sex education required. Why do we have it at all? 
you are aware, aren't you, that for thousands of years, humans managed to procreate without uh, confusion, right? You're aware of that, okay? The very term itself, sex education, I don't need to be educated. We had this shit figured out when we were cavemen donking women on the head with a club. I put this thing in there. Hard, hard, hard thing, feel good in, in whole. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, put thing in whole, make baby. End of fucking course. End of argument. So why have sex education? What, what are they possibly telling us? What, could, what else could we possibly need to know that we wouldn't figure out for our fucking selves? And a, good, a very good friend of mine who is a Patreon supporter of this program, ladies and gentlemen, a very dear old friend, is a very, very passionate, very good teacher, has been doing it for a long, long time, and is a lefty. And I once said this to them. I said, you know, I brought up the argument, why have sex education at all? And I, I made a very simple point. Um, you know, look at what we're doing in sex education now. We're talking about anal sex, how to put on a condom. If that was not in a classroom setting, you would be arrested. Literally, the only thing that's different is where the words happen. 10 metres, 10 metres different. Inside the room or outside of the room. If you are inside of the classroom, instructing, <clears throat> pardon me, instructing little girls how to put a condom on a hard penis when they're 13 years old, in the classroom, hey, it's education. We're doing it. It's the right thing to do. Kids need to know this stuff. They're not going to be able to figure it out for themselves. Never mind that our ancestors, like I said, thing goes in whole, make baby. Oh, look at me. Andrew I'm Jackson's right taking a chat. Hard thing, feel good in whole. Bookie bumper, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, hard thing, feel good in whole. <laughs> that's, that's your quote of the night. <laughs> Boogie Bumper, the sex expert. I'll be writing a book by the end of the week. <laughs> so inside the classroom, we're teaching 13-year-old girls how to put a condom on. That's when, that's when I was in high school. It's probably far worse now. That's what we were doing when we were 13 and 14. We had a teacher up there you know, with fake bananas. Imagine this is a penis. This is how you put a condom on. Oh, okay. You don't know what's going on. I was part of the group who sat up the back of the room blowing up the condoms like balloons and letting them out the window because we hated everybody. <laughs> All of the teachers hated us, so fuck them. But if that's not taking place in a classroom, if you, go, if you were having a conversation with a 13-year-old girl in the park next door to the school teaching her how to put a condom on an erect penis, you would be thrown in jail. Literally, the only difference is the fact that it's inside a classroom. 
And once I said that, I, I saw the cogs turning. I saw the wheels turning. Well, yes, but it's different. Yeah, it's different because it's inside a classroom. That's the only difference. It's the only difference. And now, like, like now, now we've got to have these conversations, these jovial conversations about whether or not strange naked men should be presented to your six-year-olds in the classrooms. At some point, ladies and gentlemen, as a society, we're going to have to say, uh, what is going on in the classrooms? And mean it. And mean it. And I do feel that children are uncomfortable at that age. Look at him, Look at him sitting there in all of his glory. If you're in the UK, this could be your child next year with that vantage point. And remember, children are quite short, so they're going to get like they're going to get the birds, they're going to get the view, man. <laughs> there won't be any thigh covering this guy's, you know, bait and tackle. It's going to be on full display for your six-year-old. Fucking progress, am I right? With the, you know, and 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 to 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 enlighten them and to make them. Feel more relaxed about it. Enlighten we take a them. different sort of education system than we have in this country. And the thing that I'm much more bothered about, because I really believe that arts education is incredibly important, and and to be you know exposed to creativity and encouraged in it at a, at a young age, you know, 35% drop since 2011, since the EBACS was brought in. Mm. in irrelevant, children irrelevant, 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 irrelevant. Ladies, can we focus on the real argument here? Oh, I'm sorry, what's, uh, but I'm talking about the 35% drop in children loving art. And, uh, what are we talking about again? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can you not notice the naked man sitting 20 feet in front of you? <laughs> they literally have the naked man sitting 20 feet in front of their eyes and we're bringing up statistics about how much kids love art. Hello? Hello? The argument is sitting right there. <laughs> this guy, that's the argument. He shouldn't even be in here. Why are we putting him in a fucking classroom? <laughs> if he was doing this on the street, he'd get arrested. Studying art subjects, I think that's far more of a worry and that's what we should be focusing on. And actually, you know, when it comes to body image, you can see the shapes of real people walking down the street Walter, uh, in the supermarket. Oh, my God. When it... <laughs> airhead number two says to airhead number one... When it comes to body image, though, you can see the shapes of people in their clothes as they walk down the street. Airhead number one, the very same airhead number one, who thinks it's some kind of injustice not to present fully grown male penises to six-year-olds, because why protect them at all? Literally, that was her. That was her fucking argument. Why? Why shield them from reality? God, I, I'm just thankful that she's probably going to be childless. Thank God. So airhead number one turns around. But can they really, though? Can they really learn? Do they really know what body shapes are unless they see real-life testicles? 
Can they really know what the human form is all about unless they're presented with a strange naked man in the classroom? Hmm. Can they really know? This is fucking horrifying to me, this stuff. Horrifying. And it's, again, it's, it's, like the, it's like the same thing with the government thing. I expect her to be this lunatic. I didn't expect her to be that much of a lunatic, but I expect her to be a lunatic. I expect her to go off the deep end. I expect her to say outlandishly dumb shit. I'm disappointed in us. Look at where we are. Look at where we are. Ah, you're crazy. It'll never happen. Never happen. <laughs> then it'll never happen. Won't you stop being such a bigot, man? What are you? What are you obsessed with it? Never happen. <laughs> Check out Boogie here, huh? Check out crazy old Boogie Bumper over here talking about this shit like it's going to happen one day. It's not going to happen. Absolutely will never happen. I mean, I, well, I, 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 think I, I do. A, I think it's a, <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know where you're point, going. Though, isn't it, the, 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 the curiosity of the child should be leading them there yeah. as opposed to whoa, having it forced. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Now, again, people are going to say that I'm barking up the wrong tree. People are going to say that I'm doing the slippery slope thing. People are going to say that I'm going too far. But just that quickly, ladies and gentlemen, just that quickly, somebody has done a soft sell for the argument, hey, since we're sitting here looking at it, why don't we let them touch him? She just said curiosity of the child should lead them. The curiosity of the child. <laughs> Why don't we let them touch? They should be allowed to touch. Touching's normal. Why shield them? Why protect them? Why shouldn't they understand the full gamut of human emotions? Why shouldn't they learn what it's like to touch another human being? What are we trying to... This is probably... I'm writing their arguments for them. This is the reason that nobody has empathy anymore because we're afraid of loving each other. We're afraid of touching one another. We're afraid of looking at one another, guys. Why should we protect the kids from naked men? Airhead number three drops into the conversation. Airhead number three pops up and says, yeah, their own curiosity should lead them in matters like this. We should, do you see what she's saying? We should let the children decide. We should let the children decide for themselves. <laughs> it's fucking unbelievable. Curiosity. Curiosity is health healthy. Curiosity's fine. Why don't you go up there and grab that old guy on the dick? See what it feels like. You're curious about I can see you looking at it. We forced you to look at it in this fucking art class for the last 45 minutes. Why don't you go up and see what it feels like? Children's curiosity should lead them. Okay. Okay. Fine. Uh, okay. Uh, did you let your kid fucking run out onto the freeway because of curiosity? Did you let them do that? Do you let your kid cross a busy street because of curiosity? Do you let your kid take a hot pot off the stove because of curiosity? Do you let your kid walk up to strange dogs because of curiosity? No. 
No, 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 no. A no to all of those. But the same vacuous ninnies will tell you that curiosity should lead the child when it comes to strange old men sitting naked in front of them. These people are fucked in the head. They are well and truly fucked in the head. We don't want the kids to exp- we don't want the kids to have rampant unchecked curiosity in any other aspect of life. We don't want the kids to have rampant unchecked curiosity because they're kids. Because it's dangerous for them. Because they don't know any better. Huh? Huh? Once upon a time we just understood this as as fact. And now we've got naked strange men sitting in classrooms. We force the, we want to force the children to paint the strange man's testicles and penis. And we, we, we want to say, well, just let, the, let curiosity take over and see what happens. We should just march the children into the classroom with the naked man and lock the door behind us. And we'll just walk out. We'll leave them alone. We'll come and collect you in an hour. Let your curiosity be your guide. <laughs> These people are fucking sick in the head, mate. And they're laughing the about it. They're laughing about it. Of the child should be leading them there, yeah. as opposed to having enforced. Because some of the reactions of "Oh, it's a naked body," that's a very instinctive child reaction. They're not exposed to naked strangers, mm. probably most of the time, for good reason. Yeah, like naked strangers. <laughs> She had a moment of clarity and then her her programming kicked in. She had a moment where it made sense. Where the old lady in a very dry British way said quite correctly, uh, yes, well, small children often aren't, aren't pre- presented with uh, naked strangers, arguably for a good reason. <laughs> and she, she for, for a second, she flinched. She blinked. Uh, yes. And then it's like, but. Strangers is this big word that like, no one's like, yes, put my kids in front of naked strangers. No one's going to be like, yeah. But I think that we, we have to like examine our own reaction to that and think, why do we have this disgust thing? Is it because nudity is so sexualized in our culture? can't watch any more of this. I can't. This is... <laughs> do you remember, do you remember uh, the mic check? <laughs> right? I'm here. I'm here trying to recover. Um, I had no idea it was going to be this bad. I didn't. I, I read, I read the headline of the opening. See, because I got, I got the video from another source. See, so this was the original one and this video goes for about 90 seconds and you see it's a different it's a different set of hosts so the hosts here are just reporting on it and i thought to, i thought to myself so i read the headline and i read like i saw this picture and i read down to about there and i said wow this is this is interesting but um i didn't want to just rely on the 90 second video so i thought you know what why don't i get the original video 
So I went onto YouTube and found the original. I had no idea it was going to be this bad because I didn't watch it. Do you, do you remember Chris Cuomo? Tom's going to remember because Tom was in the thick of it when this was going on. You remember Chris Cuomo, ladies and gentlemen, uh, having the spat on Twitter with the concerned father who didn't want his 12-year-old daughter to see a penis in the change room? And I, f- I, forget, I forget the exact context of the conversation, but it went something along the lines of this concerned father said to Chris Cuomo, um, you know, how should I react if my 12-year-old daughter is being told that she needs to see an adult penis in the change room? And Chris Cuomo's response was something along the lines of, I would hope that uh, that girl's parents aren't bigots or something like that, right? And remember, uh, you know, not just America, but the Western world at that point took a massive shit because we, we for, for a brief shining moment, we were afforded the opportunity to assess things as they are. That being a an entitled, privileged member of the corporate press was lecturing a private citizen that his 12-year-old daughter needs to see a penis or it's your problem. Your reaction is the problem. You're probably some kind of bigot. And for a brief shining moment, we were all in agreement. Whoa, this can't, we can't let this continue. This, these people are unhinged. That's, this is where it stops. That's enough. Yep, smack Chris. Big smacks for Chris. Remember, we all agreed. Even Democrats agreed. Even Democrat, lifelong Democrats were saying nah, that Chris Cuomo, he's fucked. We're not doing that. Uh-uh. Poor old Britain. Pray for Britain. Pray for Great Britain. Because it is essentially what this woman just said there. I'll play it again. What this woman just said there as her rationalization for this. See, it's don't we often make this argument, don't we? When we talk about like progressives and SJWs and stuff, we say that they lack self-reflection. That's not just a meme. That plays out in reality. But it's masked because here's the situation. Oh, she acknowledges that a lot of people are going to be upset that their children are going to be forced to look at a naked man in school under the guise of art when they're six and seven years old and they really don't understand art beyond finger painting and molding sculptures because they're six and seven years old. Like, they're not going to be Picasso. They're not going to do an abstract penis, right? So there's a lack of self-reflection in so much as she, she actually comes around. She wants this. She wants this policy. She wants the naked man in front of the children. She's, she's, in, she's in the tank. She is on board. She wants this to happen. But to her, she's accusing the people who say it's bad. Do you see what I'm saying? This is the lack of self-reflection. When confronted with the idea that parents would have a problem with this, she accuses the parents of not having self-reflection by saying, well, if people have that kind of reaction, shouldn't they think about where does that reaction come from? And with all due respect, 
you know, my red-haired, um, you know, meme-like character who's arguing for naked men to be presented to six-year-olds, with all due respect, I would say, no, no, no. Where do you come from? Where did you come from? A parent has the audacity to not want their child to see a naked man in school? And what's her reaction? It's programming, right? Standard operating procedure. We should call her SOP. These people are programmed to always look outwardly. So instead of addressing the reality that people are not going to want their six-year-old sons and daughters looking at naked men in school, instead of addressing that concern, what does she do? She accuses them. She points the finger at them and says, well, if, if we're having this kind of reaction, then maybe we need to think about what we're, we're saying. No, 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 no. Everyone's thinking about what you're saying. You're the crazy one here. You're the odd one out. You're the fruitcake. You are the dingbat. You are the class clown. You are the disgrace. You are the joke. You are the running joke. You are the disgusting meme satire of yourself. Everybody's pointing at you saying, where did you come from? And your reaction to them is to say, why don't you take a good, long, hard look at yourself? There's never a moment of self-reflection, right? When that moment is there to be grasped, they point back at you and say, you're the problem. Your reaction to my madness is the problem. My madness isn't doing anything wrong. The only thing that could, I am so correct. I am so unchallenged. I am so sure of my own place in this world and my own level of enlightenment that the only possible negative reaction that could take place is because you don't understand it good enough. This is what these people tell you with their actions, with their subconscious, like with their responses to things. They don't, they don't even know that they're doing it. They don't even know how entitled, how uh, up themselves they come across. They, they have no idea. Because that's the other, that's the other beautiful part of this, um, this programmed reality that we're living in. Not only are they the enforcers, but they're also the victims. They're also the victims. In her mind, she is, she is the one who cares about the children. In her mind, she is the one who is moving society forward. Thank you, UK Tracy, for the diamond. In her mind, she's the good guy. That's why whenever anybody gives her any kind of pushback, any kind of friction, we're all going to see everybody in hell. We're all going to hell. We can't recover from this. <laughs> going peak crystal on this. Anytime she gets any uh, pushback, anytime she gets any friction, it must be your fault. It's nothing what I, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm protecting the children. I'm educating. I'm enlightening people. I'm moving forward. I'm progressing. I'm going to the next stage of consciousness. Why should we protect children from naked men in classrooms? What's wrong with you? What are you, some kind of dinosaur? 
what do you hate art? Wow, man. Wow, man. You're really hung up on these old ideas of not letting uh, six-year-olds explore their curiosity with naked strangers in school. You're really out there, bro. They genuinely believe this. They genuinely think that way. What the fuck do we do with these people? What do we do with these people? Outside of this, they serve no useful purpose in society whatsoever. This is what happens, and you know, people talk about like the liberal arts colleges and stuff. And again, if you if you're going to try and say the left can't meme, they have memed a whole generation into positions of power to do this shit to you. The left can meme like like champions. The left turn their memes into reality. That's the scary part. Have you ever sat there, uh, you know, in the last couple of years and read a story and you can't figure out whether it's satire or whether it's real? That's how the left memes. By mind-fucking everybody. They're pretty good at memeing. Strangers is this, this <laughs> big word that, like, no one's like, yes, put my kids in front of naked strangers. No one's going to be like, yeah. Listen to this again. But I think that we, we have to, like, examine our own reaction to that and think, why do we have this disgust thing? Is it because nudity is so sexualized in our culture? Maybe it's maybe it's because we fucking hate kids now. Who knows? See, that's the other thing. She can't be wrong. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. She could never be wrong. She's always right. You know what's you know what what's wrong? The culture. The culture needs to change to suit my ideas. The entire the entire culture needs to change in order to allow me to put naked men in front of your children and not get any negative feedback for it. These people are completely unhinged. It, that 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 it's right there in front of you. Imagine trying to sell, imagine, imagine trying to sell that to somebody. If you have a problem with me putting a strange naked man in front of your six-year-old and demanding they draw them, if you have a problem with that, it's because of the culture. (laughs) These people are vapid, vacuous, shallow unironic nitwits and we have let the vacuous vapid shallow unironic nitwits tell us what to do (laughs) to the point where (laughs) to the point where they're shoving they're literally shoving dicks in our children's faces and there ain't a goddamn thing we can do about it People, people still ask me why. Why don't you? Why aren't you more optimistic? <laughs> when people ask me why aren't you more optimistic, I say, "What the fuck have you got optimistic? What have what the fuck have you got to be optimistic about?" 
yes, it is as bad as I'm telling you. Yes, it's only going to get worse. And yes, we're a long, 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 long way back from doing anything about it. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, you don't understand. If the government does this, then we'll all stand up. We'll stand up together. There'll be a revolution. They're already waving 60-year-old men's penises in the faces of your five-year-olds. How bad does it have to get? <laughs> How bad does it have to get? Oh, no, 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 no. You know what? We'll, we'll get together. We'll revolt when uh, they're shoving the dicks down our kids' throats. That's when we'll really get angry. Okay. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> like what that's that's all there is left now you realize that right that's all there is <laughs> that's there's only one step left it's like don't worry we'll get angry about this shit tomorrow <laughs> i've got too much shit to do i got too much to worry about did you hear that uh donald trump's putting fireworks on mount rushmore it's gonna be great gonna own some libtards man <laughs> Own some fucking limp tarts tomorrow. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, mate. Fuck. <laughs> well, this has been much more depressing than I wanted it to be. Uh, <laughs> I have to try and find something. Let me try and find something that at least isn't so bad. Just to end the show on a high note, I'll tell you what, I'll end the show on this because it was sent through by uh, Drew Jackson's Taint over there on YouTube and a couple of other people have tagged me in this. Maybe this is the answer. Maybe this is the way we fight back. Maybe we just need a little more traditionalism. And you know what? If we have to lift some traditionalism from the Far East, then so be it. Because maybe those guys were onto something. Man requests trial by combat with Japanese swords to settle dispute with Iowa ex-wife. She had no idea what she was getting into. <laughs> A Kansas man has asked an Iowa court to grant his motion for trial by combat. <laughs> See, I'm a complex individual sometimes. Sometimes I'm hard to predict. You would have thought because I was talking about freedom and stuff over the last two hours that I would find this abhorrent, like I would find this disgusting. Oh, what is this medieval thinking? No, au contraire. I love this. I absolutely love this. And I hope, uh, given the opportunity, that it will be beamed live into our living rooms so we can see the court proceedings take place. And I want to see, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the, if, if, if it's the husband or the wife. I want to see one of these people put to the sword on live TV. Fuck them. You got into this knowing what it was going to be. Trial by combat is the only way out. A Kansas man has been asked has asked an Iowa court to grant his motion for trial by combat so he can meet his ex-wife and her attorney, quote, quote, this is fucking amazing, on the field of battle <laughs> where they will rend their souls from their corporal bodies. <laughs> now, it, it's, it's pretty obvious to me that this guy is like an uber nerd. 
You know, what I mean, like he's even using like the tongue of the middle of the Middle Ages in his court motion. <laughs> what was it on the field of battle where he will rend their souls from their corporal bodies? Like this guy, this guy's an ultra nerd. Growing up, I was oh, I am a nerd at heart. Like I'm a nerd. It just so happens that I'm a six foot five nerd who you know took too many drugs and stuff growing up and played in bands. But if I wasn't playing in bands and taking drugs and being a delinquent, I was hanging out with all of the Asian kids talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Making up plans to subjugate the unruly hordes of, uh, you know, uh, medieval Scotland. What would we have done? Who, which lords shall we kill? I was one of those guys. To this day, trial by combat has never been explicitly banned or restricted as a right in these United States. This is the guy. Ostrom argues in court records, adding that it was used as, quote, as recently as 1818 in British court. When reached by a phone Monday, Ostrom told Des Moines, uh, the Des Moines Register that he got the idea after learning about a 2016 case in which New York Supreme Court Justice Philip Mignardo acknowledged that duels had not been abolished. Couldn't we solve so many problems out of court with dueling? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, my I, this is a plea. This is a plea to you, my American brothers and sisters. My brothers and sisters in the United States of America, if you truly do care about your republic, surely you must be lobbying your local government, asking that dueling make a comeback. Pistols at dawn. Don't worry about the impeachment procedure. I want to see Michael Flynn on a, on, a, on a street somewhere with one of those big silvery pistols like the ivory handle. Okay, if you're innocent, you'll win. If you're innocent, you'll shoot the other guy first. That's good enough for me. Fuck it. They're, they're, they're raping and manipulating and destroying every other law under the sun there's no more innocent until proven guilty that's gone they're literally shoving dicks in the faces of our six-year-olds what else have we got to lose maybe this is the only way out from now on all disputes will be solved all disputes will be settled with trial by combat from now on if there is an argument between two neighbors there will be pistols at dawn i'm 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 ready to go there Let's do this. Come on. Who's with me? It's my Jerry Maguire moment. Who's with me? Come on. Pistols at dawn. Ostrom said the motion stemmed from his frustrations with his ex-wife's attorney, Matthew Hudson of Harlan. Matthew, Matthew Hudson of Harlan. I think I've met Mr. Hudson's absurdity with my own absurdity, he said. Ostrom, who said he plans to request the same mediation tactic for any other disputes that may arise in court. So every, every single dispute in this divorce, he's going to demand trial by combat. <laughs> uh, do you know what this reminds me of? Because you know what he's doing? He's just fucking with them. He's just wasting their time. He's making his wife pay for an attorney. That's what he's doing. He's being a very, and this is the way that nerds fight back. You know what I mean? Nerds use their brains to find very geeky ways of ruining your day. That is is mildly amusing to them and infuriating to you. 
So he's just going to respond to every single motion with, I demand trial by combat. And then they have to go back and reassess each appeal, right? Just fucking wasting time. Did you guys ever see an email train, like an email to and fro years ago, man? Like it has to be nearly 20 years ago. God, I sound old. <laughs> Did you ever see the thing of the guy who tried to pay the bill with a drawing of a spider? If, if you put that into Google, guy pays bill with drawing of spider, I, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to go through the whole story. But basically it was an email chain back and forward, back and forward, back and forward, back and forward between this guy who had an overdue bill and the people who were chasing him for money. So it starts off and he's like, look, I don't have the money right now, but here's a drawing of the spider. I think we're even. And so this person who worked for like the gas company or the bank or whatever it was would get it, would reply every time and say, sir, we can't accept a drawing of a spider as payment. Like we need money. And he'd say, oh, okay, well, here's a, here's a spider and a cow. And then so he'd send that back and then it would come back and forward. And he'd say, look, if you're not going to accept the spider, can you just send it back to me? <laughs> But what he was doing was wasting their time. So when he had the money, right, when they when they lost their shit and they're like, sir, stop sending us spiders, stop sending us drawings, stop sending our emails back. You owe this amount of money or we're sending out the debt collectors. And he's like, oh, no, it's okay. I've got the money now. I'll just pay the bill. <laughs> That's a geek play. That's what a geek does. <laughs> That's what a nerd does. Quote, it should be noted that just because the US and Iowa uh, constitutions do not specifically prohibit battling another person with a deadly katana sword, <laughs> it does not prohibit a court sitting in equity from ordering the same. <laughs> Hudson asked the court to suspend Ostrom's visitation rights and order him to undergo a court-ordered psychological evaluation. Ostrom later admitted to the misspelling, but argued he had no history of mental issues. Historically, he said in court records, trial by combat was not always won by way of death, but also when a party cries craven, quote, cries craven, yielding to the other. So <laughs> it's like, judge, be reasonable. I'm not going to hack my opponent. I'm not going to hack my ex-wife to death. She can just quit now. She can quit before I hit her with the sword. And then I'll win. See, see, Your Honour, you don't understand uh, trial by combat. Clearly. Clearly, Your Honour, you have overlooked this very important historical part of our legal system. <laughs> you see, Your Honour, not only... it was Trial by combat didn't always result in death, Your Honour. Uh, the other person can yield at any time. It's what's referred to as cries craven. I'm sure it's in one of those textbooks that you've got behind you there up on the bench, Your Honour. But you see, Your Honour, if my ex-wife cries craven, if she gives up, then we don't have to go through with killing her. I think, And at that point, I think everybody wins, clearly. So hopefully you'll find in favour of the motion, trial by combat. <laughs> the, the judge and the, the lawyers must just have been sitting there looking at this guy going, look at this fucking... The balls on this man. <laughs> Good on him. <coughs> he's getting a divorce. He's probably he's probably feeling right now, knowing the way that uh, fathers and husbands get screwed in divorce proceedings, 
and have been doing so for the last 20 years and with shit like alimony and stuff, depending on where you live, he's probably thinking, I have literally nothing to lose. I have nothing left. I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be a 45 year old man living in a studio apartment in some shitty suburb somewhere and working the rest of my life to pay it off. I've, that's it. It's my, my life is over now. So I may as well have a little fun and demand death by combat. <laughs> she doesn't have to die though, Your Honor. She can just quit. If she quits, I won't have to kill her. It's all really legal. There's like a history for it and everything. What a legend. I love this guy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. I think that's a good place to wrap it up for tonight on this special late, late, late night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, sorry for the, sorry if I angered up the blood. I, I didn't mean it to go this way. I still have dozens of tabs open of fun stuff. I guess for some, I guess it was just serendipitous. I guess it was just the universe aligning in a certain way that it was going to be another rage show. So maybe a couple of days off will do us all some good. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Don't anybody say the chest because I am opening it right now. I'm going to put a little bit more into it before I open it. Um, where was I? <laughs> patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to challenge me to death by combat, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Uh, don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS, at ChrisMC44, who is now on DLive, uh, at YCensored, at Winning TV, at UK Neil, uh, Tom Chatelet. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, I saw Irrational Times yesterday. Irrational Times is good. Um, oh, shout out to Mersh on Nightwave Radio. I was watching Nightwave Radio before I went live tonight, laughing my ass off at Carl. Um, running around New York in a furry outfit. <laughs> so uh, Mersh gave me a shout out before, said, uh, you know, follow Boogie Bumper. And I would like to return the favour. Uh, I enjoy Nightwave Radio thoroughly. So check out Mersh, Nightwave Radio on YouTube and DLive. Uh, anyone else I forgot, apologies, but we'll get back to you next time. I'll be back on Sunday night with Trust to Verify, the Flying Hawaiian James R at about 11pm. And then Monday, back again with another week of the Daily Boogie. Thank you so much for your support on DLive, ladies and gentlemen. The chest is open. The rewards have been handed out. Until next time, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>